Hi there, it's Martin from Robson Edler. Um, I'm speaking again to Michael Mortimer, director at Hive Estates. Um, Michael was again one of our most popular interviews of recent times, and I thought it was only really fair to go back to Michael to get an, an update on what's happening down at Hive, what's happening in the property market generally, and how they as estate agents are coping. So hi Michael, how are you doing? Hi Martin, hi I'm really good, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me back on this interview. Um, it's been an interesting few weeks since we reopened, so lots of activity. Um, and as you say, I think it's good to touch base uh, and catch up and see what's happening in the property market um, since the initial um, initial lockdown. Um, so yeah. Good. Well, I suppose the first thing I should ask you really is from a, a, a kind of logistical perspective, how did you manage when you were you're told kind of out of the blue, really, that estate agents and letting agents could reopen? About four weeks ago now, I think it was. You know, how how did you manage that? What has it been a challenge, or is that you know your staff been great? Has there been any issues? Well, I'd always expected property to be one of the first markets or industries to reopen because it is so important to this country uh, and to everyone. And so we sort of knew it might happen. We had half of the team furloughed and the other half working from home remotely, servicing all the existing business that we had, tenants and, and properties. Um, and it, it did come as a bit of a shock. As I say, we were expecting it, but it would have been nice to have had a little bit more notice, just like retail and hairdressers and, and barbers and, and other uh, sort of industries have had. Um, so we had to act fast. The first thing I did was uh, speak to all of the team um, and we put a plan together as a group. Um, I sat down with Emma, my operations manager, on the following Monday. We, we left it a few days just to sort of prepare. And on the Monday, we, we, we decided to reopen the office um, and have half of the team in the office and the other half continuing to work from home, just in case there was an infection or there was um, a risk. Uh, so we had a, a locked door policy. So uh, the office was open by and it was myself and my um, letting and estate agent, uh, Rachel and Rolls, we were all in the office. So we do all the marketing and the viewings and um, the business side of things. And then we had Emma, who's operations manager, Jess, property manager, um, and they were from home with Emily, who is also a letting agent. So they worked from home. They did all the admin and the property management and the accounts. And, and, and we would swap if we needed to, if one of us became ill or we came in contact with anyone that was ill. And we just ordered lots of PPE uh, to the office. We had hand sanitizer, gloves, masks. Um, and we just took a practical, pragmatic and common sense approach. I know there's a lot of agents that refuse to open. There's a lot of agents that still aren't open. Some agents completely flat with the rules and stayed open. We've sort of been somewhere in the middle. It's about using um, common sense thinking is this adult, um, are they going to make the right decision? Are they going to be honest? Are they going to tell us if they're ill? Um, if we go to their property and we sanitize and we practice social distancing, is it okay to be safe? And I think it is. I think we've got to, we've got to get back to business. I was a big fan of closing the office. I closed my office before Boris Johnson asked estate agents to close because I thought it was the right thing to do. But after a period of time, as the R rate goes down and as infections decrease, it's now time to get back out there because people will always need a home. People need somewhere to live. 
tenants need somewhere to live, buyers and sellers need to be able to move, children, um, you know, grandparents, there's a lot of reasons and, and very valid reasons to, to move house. So we have a duty to get back to business and start moving again and start helping people to move again. So after a couple of weeks of working with half in the office and half from home, we then decided based again on government advice and looking at the figures and statistics to open the office fully and get everybody back. And that was about two and a half weeks ago. Um, and really take advantage of this wave um, of pent up demand has uh, sort of built up over lockdown, um, but also show the world we're open, um, get back to, to what we're doing. Um, and again, just making sure the office is safe uh, and everyone is aware of uh, the guidelines. Um, and we ask questions before viewings um, and you know, we speak to occupiers um, and we just follow steps and precautions to make sure everyone's safe. So that's how we've sort of dealt with the last few weeks. Good. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm speaking as an employer and we're, we're going through the same process. It's, it's, it, it's a little bit easier for us because our, our team can very much work from home to a large degree. So we're, we're quite lucky in that there's no one telling us we have to open, that, you know, we can largely work. So I, I, I can appreciate the, the challenges that you've gone through to make sure everything's fine. Have you had anyone who's basically, you know, flaunted the rules? Um, do you get the odd random who just runs into the office and coughs everywhere or any tenants behaving badly or, or sellers who, you know, I, I don't know, people carrying out viewings who refuse to put the masks and gloves on or anything like that? No, not at all. I mean, um, I think what lockdown has done and I think the transparency um, with doing the daily updates from the government has done has put into people a subliminal, subconscious uh, way of thinking um, where you are considerate of others and you are very much aware of your own personal space and, and the effect that you will have on another person. So we've noticed everyone is quite polite, um, being very much aware um, as to how they come across when they come into our office. Um, we've not yet had anyone be uh, difficult or not understanding or um, not take notice of the guidelines with regards to social distancing. It's been quite easy to manage because I think everyone is thinking the same. Let's be safe. Uh, let's be considered. So no, we've, we, we haven't had any difficulties. Um, we give people the choice to wear PPE. We don't force them to do so. Uh, we've done viewings with doctors. We've done viewings with nurses who chose not to wear PPE and these are medical professionals. So again, I know of some agents that are sending declarations and disclaimers to people to fill in and sign and send back. Uh, and they're forcing people to come to appointments wearing masks and gloves and refusing to show houses if they're not doing so. I think that we have to be careful um, to be considerate of others um, and understand that although PPE is very important, uh, we're not in a confined space like public transport. The government has said you don't have to wear PPE. So we're allowing people to make their own choice and decision because at the end of the day, everyone is entitled to do so. And we're just guiding them and controlling that. So we're only allowing one person in the house on a viewing. We're asking the occupier to leave. If the occupier is unable to leave, we're putting them in a room that we're not in we're swapping, we're sanitizing all the doors first and opening all the doors before the viewer turns up. 
if there's two people to view a house, one's waiting outside. But as I say, we're being fair and practical with uh, our requests, for example, to wear PPE. So, you know, on the whole, everything's working really well. Good. Thanks for that, Michael. It's good to see most people are, are, are I suppose, behaving properly, which is good. Um, you, you mentioned that you've been largely dealing with a, a pent-up demand. That would suggest that there's a little bit of catch-up going on. Can, can it be implied, therefore, that property values haven't yet really been affected by COVID? Or is it too early to tell the long-term effect? So, um, yeah, when the property market was frozen effectively by the government, we had a number of listings and, and landlords, um, sorry, and sellers that were going to put their properties on the market with us. Uh, and obviously we couldn't do that. Uh, and during that time, we did have a lot of requests for viewings uh, and we were doing virtual viewings and video viewings, but not physical viewings. Uh, so we had we um, reopened the office safely about four weeks ago. We did have a lot of viewings outstanding. We had a lot of properties that came back to go on the market. So I do think there was a, a real demand over the last few weeks that has been a result of the lockdown. Um, and I do think that instead of it having a negative effect on property prices, it seems to have had a positive effect, um, one that won't last forever. And I think we all should be very careful to, to realise that um, any surge in, in viewings and interest will effectively drive interest and in levels and viewings and offers. And that won't last forever. But we're being very careful as an agency to consider um, the, the bounce back effect and not get too carried away and make sure that offers that are being made are still, um, as far as we can gather, reasonable. Uh, and that properties will still value at the right level when mortgages and surveys come into play. Um, an interesting one, we had a property before lockdown down value with a surveyor um, and the sale actually fell through, not for that reason, um, for a different personal reason. And the property went back on the market over lockdown and was sold after lockdown. And we had it valued two weeks ago and it valued up at the very figure that the sale was agreed at. Um, and we had somebody interested in that property and they did a viewing with me and they offered quite a low amount and I explained to them we had a lot of interest and a lot of viewings and they had said that they were being advised that property prices were going to go down after COVID and that property values were going to go down and I had said that um, although there is a lot of evidence to suggest that long term COVID will have an effect on property prices, a slow and steady decline um, that nobody can really be sure what that's going to be, but over time, you know, they could dip slightly. Um, that right now we're not seeing that, and that at the moment there is still market activity. Um, so they increased slightly, but nowhere near what uh, the vendor was looking for, and um, certainly nowhere near what other offers have been. Um, so they were declined, and we sold the property to somebody else, and it was valued up, and the sales about to go through. And incidentally, that person came back to us and offered a higher figure when he realized that he was sadly mistaken. He was predicting something that none of us can predict. We can only deal with what we know now, and what we know now is that it's busy, um, and property prices are steady. In some aspects, they might be slightly high. We are getting a lot of interest on a lot of our properties. So we've just got to be careful um, that yes, whatever goes up will come down and we've just got to make sure it's not artificially high and driven up by this, this pent up demand, but also um, that we're trying to be as reasonable as possible when dealing with 
all of our buyers and sellers. So yeah, we're seeing a, a real um, increase in the number of properties going to market, in the number of viewings going ahead. Um, some correction from the mortgage lenders deposits uh, at 15, 20%, where they may have been at five and 10% before lockdown. But I'm a first time buyer and last year I was offered an 85% mortgage. I would have loved a 90% mortgage, but due to the fact I'm self-employed, I wasn't able to get one. So. Um, that was before COVID. So there's a lot of talk in the groups that, uh, you know, nationwide have, have put an 85% limit on their mortgage for first-time buyers. But as I've been commenting, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That maybe is going to get first-time buyers who can afford to buy that house. So there will be correction in the markets from mortgage lenders, perhaps from surveyors. But at the moment, we're not seeing that. We're seeing a good, a good level of interest and lots of activity. Uh, again, it's about working together, like I said in my last video, being reasonable, being understanding, working together, trying to be as ethical as possible, um, and hope, hoping that everything will work out. It, it's, it's interesting that you've mentioned that, and that's, you're right, we, we don't know what's going to happen. And of course, as things like the furlough scheme become less generous for employers, we might see people starting to you know, try to save money, um, looking to pull out, arguing or negotiating better on deals and rents. But yeah, at the moment, we can't really predict that. I mean, one interesting question, which I think a lot of, lot of, lot of certainly in Newcastle, a lot of the student landlords will be interested in, is your opinion on what's happening with the, what would it be, the 2021 student kind of year, so the next academic year. Um, there's a lot of talk about online courses rather than in-person courses. I mean, what, 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 what's your views on that and whether that's going to have an impact? So um, we have, during lockdown, as I mentioned in the last video, um, we carried on our application process where tenants need to provide a guarantor and the guarantors need to sign deed of guarantees. And during lockdown, those deed of guarantees came back to us. And it was quite clear that the majority of students that we had were still keen to move into their new homes. There were the odd group and there was the odd student that wasn't so keen. Um, we did our best to talk with them and communicate and explain the landlord's position, that the landlord has a signed agreement. They are needing students and tenants to pay their mortgages and pay their outgoing costs. Um, and we made it very clear to all of the students we were talking to that they had to let us know if they uh, had decided against returning and um, they still had a contract in place but we would try and work through that with them try and come up with a resolution perhaps put their property back on the market and um, we didn't actually have that we expected more than we did we did have a lot of queries at the start of lockdown do i have to pay my rent but i think once the students were educators uh, for want of a better word because you know a lot of students don't need educating but once we advised them uh, and, and worked with them and talked through them and said, you know, you're still getting your student loans, your property still is there to use, it's still your home, it's your choice if you want to go back to your parents or your hometown. Most of our students kept on paying their rent and we didn't have any issues. And the same goes for the 2021 season. Most of our applications and students, they kept sending back their, their forms and, and paying their, their holding deposits and their deposits. We let a few properties over lockdown, student properties, and in the last two to three weeks, we've let even more. Um, we're seeing a lot more activity in the student market. We're seeing a lot more uh, students taking houses, and we are seeing students returning to the city. 
And we did actually have quite a few students still in our houses. I didn't say this in the last video, but there was this misconception that basically every student house was emptied over lockdown or before lockdown. That's not the case. I would say probably about half maybe went home, but the other half stayed. Um, I left home at 17 and, you know, I loved my family and my family home, but I made a conscious choice to move away and create my own life. And, uh, you know, this idea that students will run back to, to, to mum and dad at any opportunity isn't quite true. There are a lot of students who are independent and want to use and enjoy their own home. And in the same way, there's a lot of students that will come back and want to go and enjoy their own home. And we are getting some parents saying, um, what happens if the university doesn't open? We think it's very unlikely for the university not to open. We think the university will open. It may open um, with socially distanced learning. It may open with home learning. But that doesn't mean that the students still can't use their home. They've got a contractual obligation to pay their rent. They've got a contract. The landlords agreed in good faith to give them a property and in return, they're gonna pay the rent. They can choose to move into that home or, or not to move into that home. But on the whole, just so all any student landlord watching this gets some peace of mind, the majority, and I'm talking nearly all our students existing and upcoming, have been great. And I, we think everything is gonna continue as normal. We did have one group of three students who despite, they signed up for their property in December and despite many reminders and many deadlines and many offers of help and lots of conversations, they still hadn't progressed their application far enough. And during lockdown, again, uh, lockdown became the reason they weren't going to progress their application any further, but they didn't want to withdraw their application. They wanted to have it on ice and they wanted to freeze that until September. And we tried to explain to them, number one, they can't do that. They have a signed contract, so they are committed. And in order to get moved in, they have to do X, Y, and Z. But number two, the landlord can't be left in limbo for that length of time because by September, there may be nobody else that would rent that property. So we gave them a number of deadlines that were missed and they asked for one final deadline. They wanted to, to wait for six weeks for Boris's announcement and they would then decide what to do. So we did, we gave them another deadline. We said, okay, no problem, that's fine because we like to work with people. We like to listen to them. We like to be friendly and fair. That deadline passed, a couple of days went by. They said, yeah, we'd like to go ahead. So we said, great, we sent all the forms out. And again, the guarantors came back on the phone saying, we don't think it's fair, we don't think it's right, we don't know what's gonna happen in September. And it got to the stage where we had to tell the landlord and we decided that it was time to move on and, and withdraw that application because despite seven or eight, no, six or seven months of waiting, the application hadn't progressed. So uh, the moment we said this was going to happen, you know, they did change their tune. They said, oh, no, we'd like to continue. We'd like to go ahead. We'd like to fill this in. We'd like to fill this in. We'd like to fill this in. Um, and we said, no, we're really, really sorry. It is too late. We believe there's another group of reasonable students out there that will take this property. Um, and unfortunately, the landlord can't take the risk of renting to you based on your behavior and based on the last seven months of missed deadlines. So we put the property back on the market and it was let within two days to a lovely group of students who, again, they don't know whether the university is going to open, but they want a flat to live in. If it doesn't open, they'll work, they'll, you know, they're going to work and study from home. Um, and they've taken it. So I think landlords can take comfort in the knowledge that students are moving, um, hopefully back, and students are paying their rent. And 
things are starting to slowly get back to normal. Excellent. Well, I, well, I, I know certainly from speaking to student landlords that probably four weeks ago it was a big worry. Um, it does seem like the worry is is dissipating a little bit. Um, I suppose the only other thing that might be worth just touching base on for for literally a minute or so, if you don't mind, Michael, is um, licensing and things like the new electrical regulations, which are all basically coming in any time now. Um, I know last time you said you'd um, pre-booked your Sparky to make sure they'd be ready. I mean, how, how, how's things going on that? Is everything going okay? You managed to get people into homes to get work done? Yeah, so um, we opened the office four weeks ago and that was when we really started to get to get back onto the licensing and start working through all the different uh, processes that we're going to have to go through. Yes, the electrician still is working for us and still is pre-booked. Uh, tenants are being reasonable and understanding. Uh, we're practicing social distancing uh, and uh, work is being done. Uh, we've heard nothing from the council on any further delays. So we expect the 6th of July to uh, be the deadline uh, which is in place for compliance. We do still expect the council to be reasonable. We've spoken to them just this last week, very pleasant conversations with Joanne Hunt, um, really easy to speak to, so you know that's great. So we expect them to be understanding um, and uh, we're just doing everything we can to get everything done uh, as much as we can on time. So yeah, pretty confident things are gonna be okay, hopefully. Excellent. Um, so overall then, it sounds like, without putting words in your mouth, that everything's going okay at the moment. And there's, 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 other than I suppose the potential, you know, like a double dip uh, or a return of, you know, the, the, the virus, I suppose, whatever you want to call that, um, or mass redundancies and job losses down the line, it sounds like things are all kind of back to normal, dare I say. Not quite normal, but almost there. Almost. I would certainly say we are very, very busy. We are hiring two new staff members to help not just deal with this demand, um, but also help us move forward. Um, and we are busier than we've ever been before. I've never experienced anything like it. It's positive and it's fun. Um, it's been hard. Uh, I've had to work every weekend for the last three. Um, but nothing worthwhile ever came easy. So uh, yeah, we're enjoying it um, and we are enjoying dealing with people again, getting back to what we do best, finding people houses, be they a student or a buyer. Um, we've agreed about 10 sales in the last two weeks. We've had three or four exchanges and completions and we've got about 15 or 20 new listings going live. So we're the biggest we've ever been, the busiest we've ever been. Um, and we're just being careful to not get carried away. We're not overvaluing houses. Um, we're not setting expectations too high. We're trying to be as reasonable as possible, even though it's very, very busy, if that makes sense. We're trying not to get carried away, because I think if you get carried away, that's when you create the problem for yourself. And I think we've seen other estate agents putting houses on for quite high that is only going to stretch house prices artificially and they'll snap back. So what we're trying to do is still be reasonable. Uh, so for example, the house we had before lockdown, I'd valued at X, well, a, a guide valuation. I always give a guide, never an exact figure. Um, and after lockdown, 
I adjusted that guide and I dropped it slightly just because we wanted to be as careful as possible. Um, and I'm pleased that I did that because the property is sold, but it didn't sell for way above asking. It sold for a fair figure, in my opinion. It's a property in Heaton. I know Heaton very well. I'm from there. I think it's a fair figure um, and it'll value up and it'll go through. So trying to be reasonable and fair, even though there's this huge amount of pressure and lots of busyness. Uh, yeah, but it's fun. We are enjoying it. Good, good. Well, I'm glad. Um, there's nothing better than when you enjoy your job. Um, so yeah, thanks very much, Michael. Um, again, being very insightful. Um, um, you know, and again, I'm sure I think you said last time if anyone wants to have a chat about anything property-wise, your you, your phone is always on. Um, so thanks for that, Michael. It's always on, but it might not always be answered. <laughs> but I'll definitely call you back. <laughs> well, 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 anybody who knows you knows your phone is always on. You're always on it, but you don't always answer it. We know that. <laughs> very true. And you ring most people back, I think, is a fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that off. I'll take that off. Oh, no, you can leave that on. It's in the front. <laughs> but thank you very much, Michael. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Martin. See you soon.